Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. go any further into the episode it barely just started the intro just finished but i do want to say one quick thing i do refer to social media twitter and instagram a few times in this and i kind of forgot to say where you can find me at so i want to do this now before i actually say it in the physical episode so you can find me on instagram and twitter at murphs underscore boston st that's murphs underscore Boston ST, which stands for Sports Talk, but that's just too long for the platform's username length, whatever. Murphs underscore Boston ST is where you can find me for um, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find me on YouTube at Murphs Boston Sports Talk. That's Murphs Boston Sports Talk on YouTube. Just type it in. Boom. I'm going to pop up right there. So sorry for the little inconvenience. Now let's actually get into the episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number two of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, and thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I hope you liked the first episode, as I want to actually start this episode by picking up where I left off with a certain topic, and that was what the Patriots are going to do at 15 in the first round, and I did say that the Patriots need a quarterback, and I did kind of mention that they should pick Mac Jones over Devontae Smith if he's there, and I don't say that from a talent perspective because Devontae Smith is a far better talented player than Mac Jones is. However, considering what the Patriots need, and for some odd reason, if Devontae Smith is still there on the board at 15... I think the Patriots would be foolish not to take him, and I will be absolutely happy that they do, but considering their immediate need at quarterback, I think Mac Jones is the better pick. I know I got a little heat for saying that Mac Jones should be selected over Devontae Smith if you're the Patriots, and they're both at the board at 15. However, I must reiterate that I do not think Mac Jones is a better player, better prospect, or a better talent than Devontae Smith, and I will not be upset if the Patriots take Smith over Jones if they're both available at that spot. Another quick hit I want to get to is the big trade in the NBA that kind of went down, and this is like our first you know, league-wide major news that we're going to talk about on this um, podcast, and that's James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets, and that actually has a lot of significance, more than uh, those may think. And just to recap the overall trade, 
It is a four-team trade involving the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Indiana Pacers, and the Houston Rockets, where the Houston Rockets will receive Dante Exum, Rodion's Kurox, probably said that wrong, oh well, Victor Oladipo, first four first-round draft picks, all unprotected, and four additional first-round draft pick swaps, which are all unprotected. And the draft picks that the Rockets are going to be receiving are the Brooklyn Nets picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026. They're going to receive the Cleveland Cavaliers first round pick in 2022, which is uh, via the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks from a previous trade between those, those two teams. And then they will also be getting those first round unprotected pick swaps with the Nets for 2021, 2023. 2025 and 2027 so all in all for the next eight years the houston rockets are going to have essentially the eight eight additional first round picks and i know it's not literally with the pick swaps but you know they're going to be able to choose depending on who's performing better the nets or the rockets and that's just unbelievable and i think the rockets got a steal in all of this for james harden but let me recap what the other teams included got in the deal. The Indiana Pacers received Karis LeVert in a second round pick. The Brooklyn Nets received James Harden in a second round pick. And the Cleveland Cavaliers received Jared Allen and Torian Prince. So all in all, the Houston Rockets trade away James Harden for four first round picks, four first round swaps. All eight of those picks are unprotected, by the way. So there's no clause based off of where those teams finish in Victor Oladipo. I know this seems like it's a reset button for the Houston Rockets. However, uh, Victor Oladipo is a good player. John Wall is a great player. I mean, when he was healthy, he was the second. He was top two point guard in the Eastern Conference when he was healthy before his injury a few years ago. And people forget that he still has that talent. And, uh... I don't think this is a hard reset for the Rockets at all. I think this is a really good trade, especially if James Harden is quote-unquote a bum that they're saying that he is. Not the Rockets, but, you know, league-wide insiders, reporters, you know, trolls on the internet. And that's kind of true. I mean, he only plays Ottmans. And trust me, he is a top-five scorer in the NBA. He can drop 30, the flick of a wrist. He can put up big, massive numbers. There's no way about it. But his defense blows. And in a league that's very high scoring and high powered offenses, you need defense. And not that Oladipo is an excellent defender. I mean, he can guard his own, but it's just <laughs> James Harden is a one way player. And it is very important to have two way players on your team. And I think that this deal that the Rockets got kind of gives you a. A little bit of offense uh, with Oladipo, a little bit of defense with him. It gives you uh, a sidekick for John Wall, who, like I said, is a top two point guard in the East when he was healthy. In the West, it's a little more challenging, but he still has that talent there. And Rockets overall are a solid team. Um, hopefully, this may get them somewhere. Uh, I don't really see them making too much noise if they're able to get into the playoffs at all. Um, but looking at the Brooklyn Nets, though, receiving James Harden, that's unreal. Now they have James Harden, Kevin Durant, 
and Kyrie Irving if Kyrie Irving ever wants to play. I mean, I know he's attending his sister's birthday party maskless and um, catching COVID, but it's just, do we really think those three players are going to meld and form and become like this superstar team? I don't know, because the Brooklyn Nets were really, really good last year, and Kyrie and Durant were both injured. And now that they're both back, they're still really good, don't get me wrong, but the Rock, um, the Nets really, you know, depleted their bench a little bit, and, you know, with Allen, Prince, and Levert kind of gone. I mean, you know, those were the probably their top three uh, bench players, and now you got no bench scoring. And trust me, when those five starters need to come out, it's all about your top three or four bench players where they strive at home, where we're outside the bubble, so it doesn't really matter. We're back at our home arenas where the bench actually matters in their performance. So... I just, I just really don't see them kind of coercing together. I mean, Kyrie thinks he's an alpha. James Harden's an alpha. Um, Kevin Durant's an alpha. All three of them love iso ball. All three of them love to score, drop 30, whatever. Is that going to work? I don't know. I don't think so. I think their egos are going to get in the way. I think the, the whole operation down in Brooklyn is going to blow up and... That's going to suck for Steve Nash. I mean, I think he's a good, young, promising coach. He was an excellent player, obviously, during his time. He has a smart head. And I think he can bring a lot to the table in terms of coaching. But when you have three players who really don't need coaching with three massive egos, it's going to be hard to kind of coach that up. And they're going to want to get their own way. They're not going to listen to their coach. And, you know, in a era where it's all about superstars how many you can amass teams are going to pick superstars over coaches any day of the week and that sucks because I don't really think that should be the way of thinking for the NBA but that's just kind of how it is so you know if the Nets struggle go 500 or you know get bounced in the first round Steve Nash is out of there and that's no fault to his own when he has you know drama queen like Kyrie Irving uh one-way player eating his way out of the league, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, who is Kevin Durant, but don't forget he's still coming off that you know injury that he suffered two years ago where he missed all of last season, new system. So, plus now they don't have a bench, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how it works and how does this affect the Celtics. So let's bring it home. How does this affect the Boston Celtics? So, obviously we heard some rumors and reports that the Celtics were interested in James Harden as well. And me personally, I was on board with it if if the price was right. Now, what is the price is right? That's not what I'm hearing that the Rockets wanted from the Celtics if they were going to trade him to Boston. And from what I know that the Rockets wanted was Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and multiple first-round first, uh, first round picks. Probably something similar to what they received from Brooklyn in terms of getting four first-round picks and no way on God's green earth is Danny Ainge trading four first-round picks, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, for a 30, 31-year-old, ball-hogging, one-way player. I mean, that's just not the, how the Celtics roll. That's just not going to make them better. They're going to be able to put up 120 points a night with ease. They're going to be able to um, you know, get a bucket maybe in crunch time. But long-term, it's just you know poisonous for the team and, you know, that's just only going to inhibit Jason Tatum's growth as a professional NBA, you know, 
superstar, which we all want him to be, is a superstar. So when um, Gordon Hayward went out and Kyrie Irving got injured a couple years ago, Jason Tatum's rookie year, that allowed Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to really take flight and get minutes, get buckets, get shots on their own time. And that really helped them become the players who they are now. And then when Kyrie Irving and then Gordon Hayward started to come back the season after, they kind of took a back seat a little bit, especially to Kyrie Irving. And now look at last year, Kyrie Irving's not around. They were able to really perform. Look at Tatum. He was an all-star. Brown was an all-star snub. So they're taking progressional steps every, every, every year. And um, could James Harden help us get over that hump, that Eastern Conference Finals hump that we can't get over? Maybe. But at the cost of a developing Jalen Brown and the cost of a, a defensive dog in Marcus Smart who will dive on the floor for anything... Plus your future in terms of first round picks, I don't think that's worth it. And that's not worth it to me. I mean, like I said, I was open to trading for James Harden, but just not the price tag that the Rockets wanted the Celtics to pay. So that's just kind of how the Celtics are affected. I don't see the Nets really taking off after this trade due to the reasons that I mentioned before. However, I do kind of want to hear your thoughts about it. And if you're catching this, on youtube you can comment down below your thoughts if you're watching this elsewhere on spotify apple amazon or your preferred platform you can hit me up message me um on twitter instagram and i just want to hear your thoughts so i can kind of reflect on what people thinking on what i'm saying and just kind of go from there and just really get a conversation going with um those who are listening so those were my quick hits from Last episode to now that I wanted to lead off with. And now that that's out of the way, let's throw that in the trash. And let's get the box of topics. And what are we going to pull out? Let's see. We are going to talk about Tatum and Brown taking over Eastern Conference. That's very ironic that we were just talking about. Um... Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's growth as NBA, hopefully, superstars. They Together, they've really, really grown as not only individual players, but also teammates. And it's crazy to think that these guys are still very, very young. And they've been in the league for you know a few years now. And we can really see their progression from when they both started. I know Brown started a year before. And honestly... I was a little upset that the Celtics took Jalen Brown at number three overall. But, however, he has really proven a lot of people wrong. His offensive game has stepped up immensely since his rookie season. And Jason Tatum was obviously going to be a superstar at some point in last year, especially before COVID. He was really starting to showcase that. And then in the bubble, we were seeing it. You know, he had his ups and downs, however... He still shows that promising superstar potential. And then obviously the start of this year, those two guys are just balling out completely. They play off each other so well, even though they play similar positions on the floor. But just together, they really, really work well together. Um, they're growing as individual players and teammates, like I mentioned before. It's just Jason Tatum's offensive game was you know, much higher than Jalen Brown's was when Tatum came to the Celtics. However, Jalen Brown has 
his offense has gone so much higher. And I really think that's probably due to, you know, Tatum and them kind of, like I said, working off each other. They play off each other. They've um, dramatically increased their individual um, playing skills, but also their um, skills as teammates, which has increasingly gotten so much better. And I do think that's to the fact that, you know, a player like Kyrie Irving's not on the team anymore, which I alluded to during my quick hits. They're going to be together for a while. I mean, Tatum just signed that contract extension in the offseason, and um, that's huge. That's awesome for him. That's awesome for the Celtics. Brown signed his extension um, during the offseason last year, and they're young. They're hungry. They've gone to the Eastern Conference Finals now a few times, and they haven't been able to get over the hump. Yes, you know, LeBron was kind of in the way a little bit, but last year when they lost to the Heat, it was right there for the taking, and they just weren't able to seize the opportunity. And hopefully they can take that experience with them and kind of grow to be the next duo in the Eastern Conference. I mean, we got LeBron and AD in the West. We got Steph and Clay out there in um, Golden State. Can Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum get to that kind of level? Maybe. Um, but they're completely different players than, you know, those two duos. You know, their play styles are a lot different than the duos that I mentioned before. But they can definitely be their own kind. And they actually kind of remind me a little bit of Kawhi and Paul George, like that duo. Where um, both are really, really good defensively. Both are really, really good offensively. And they don't hurt each other, um, their play style. Like, they coerce with each other very, very well. Um Unfortunately, we really haven't been able to see the Clippers at full strength all too much with George and Kawhi on the court at the same time. But um, that's kind of who they remind me of a little bit is, you know, that duo right there in terms of play style, um, the way they work on the floor together, how they coerce. And I really think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can be the next big thing in the East. Obviously, you have Kyrie and Durant in, in Brooklyn, obviously now with James Harden that we just talked about. You got Jimmy Butler down in Miami with Tyler Hero, who's a stud of himself. But, you know, the way things are going and the culture that the Boston Celtics kind of instill, I really think that Jalen Brown and Jason Jason Tatum can be the driving force for the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. Do I think that they're going to win the whole thing? That's a topic for another day. We can have that discussion later on. Or if I pull it from the box, who knows? But that's kind of my point on it, and I really think that uh, Brown specifically has proven me wrong. When the Celtics drafted Tatum, I was huge on that. That finesse deal with the 76ers to trade the one to get three and then get another first-round pick, and the 76ers take Markel Fultz, who's done nothing in the NBA. And, I mean, I know he's kind of worked on his shooting a little bit, and I know he's kind of a role player. Nowadays, um, who knows what team he's on, to be honest. But um, number one overall pick should not be a role player on a team. Just Let's just be honest. But, I mean, Tatum fell to the Celtics lap at three with the Lakers picking Lonzo Ball. So the pieces are kind of formulating together. And that Brooklyn Nets trade, now that's long and gone from the Pierce and Garnett trade that they had with Brooklyn um, a few years ago, actually a lot of years ago now, is starting to formulate and to take shape. And... That's specifically due to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum being the front runners for the Boston Celtics and hopefully the NBA's Eastern Conference. So I don't want to spend too much time on them because I kind of talked about them a little bit before when I was talking about 
Harden, the Nets, and the East, and Kyrie, and all that. So I'm going to pull my second topic out, and let's see what we got. Here we go, here we go. And hopefully we can, hopefully this is about the Bruins, because the Bruins played last night, and they won in shoot, um, in the shootout 3-2 to two against the New Jersey Devils. So is this a Bruins topic? No, it's not. Okay, it is Tom Brady's 2020 season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <sighs> Where do I begin? I'm going to start by saying that the Celtics, not the Celtics, my goodness. I'm going to start by saying that the Patriots sucked without Tom Brady. I think everybody would agree with me in that statement that the 2020 New England Patriots sucked without Tom Brady at quarterback. Yes? So with Brady now long gone with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about to play his divisional round matchup with the New Orleans Saints, or against the New Orleans Saints, I should say. I mean, we as Patriots fans can only marvel at the fact that that could have been us in the divisional round playing against who knows this week. And that's my phone vibrating and buzzing, so I'm going to put that away. So that's not buzzing no more. Um, It's... I've had this conversation off the record so many times with so many people how frustrated I am that the Patriots didn't bring back Tom Brady. And may he have wanted, you know, top money? Sure. Does he deserve it? Yeah. Did he get it in Tampa Bay? He got $25 million a year, which is, that's top money, which it's not. Then what are we doing? I mean... $25 million, and you can't pay that man $25 million after six Super Bowl ranks, countless AFC East titles, countless Super Bowl appearances to go for it, and you can't bring him back. And now I understand, I understand that there was probably a lot more going into it than just the contractual numbers, years, money, whatever. And could there have been a rift between Belichick and Brady? Maybe. I mean, that's been a conversation since Brady had made his announcement that he wasn't going to return was, oh my God, the dynasty's over. Brady's hate, Brady hates Bill. Bill hates Brady. It's over. Now we're going to get to see, oh, was the dynasty Brady? Oh, was the dynasty Bill? Ah, and, um, you know, the Patriots this year didn't look good without Brady and the Buccaneers who sucked for years looked very, very good. Now, granted, they did have their ups and downs every um, throughout the whole season, as did every team, let's be real. But the Buccaneers made some noise. And, you know, they're going to make some noise next year, too, um, on Brady's second year of his contract. But Brady looked good. He looked good this year. I mean, come on. He was, he's been through for over 4,000 yards, through for over 40 touchdowns at age 43. What more can you ask from that guy? And that's the guy you could have had in your quarterback room if you're the Patriots. I mean, he took a nobody team, a crapshoot team, and made them a playoff contender. And we can see them, the Bucks being in the final eight now in the NFL, playing this weekend. Like that, like I just can't, you know, get over the fact that that could have been you, especially when you had poor, poor quarterback play from Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. Now. On the other side, if the Patriots thought that Jarrett Stidham was the guy, like they thought Jimmy Garoppolo was, then move on from Brady. I can get behind that line of thinking. Do I agree with it? No. 
but I can at least get behind it, thinking that, okay, Brady's aging, he wants a lot of money, we're up against the cap, let's play our young stud future quarterback, throw him in there. Okay, understandable. Draft comes around, couple quarterbacks on the board, don't take one. I'm like, okay, so Stidham's the guy. It's Stidham's team. Then they signed Cam Newton. And there was rumors linked to that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm all on board for this. But And he looked good his first month as a Patriot. I mean, granted, they were 2-2. Two and, two, and they, But he looked really good. But, boy, oh, my God, he sucked. Like, October on, he was dreadful as quarterback. And it shows. And when Stidham played, I, I know I kind of mentioned this earlier, um, earlier in the previous episode, but... Oh my god, they both suck. And I don't think Stidham's the guy. And that's kind of why I advocated and I had to back up my my take that the Patriots need to draft a quarterback in the first round. Whether it's Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, or whoever it is. Um, that they need to take a quarterback because they need a quarterback. And they had one in Tom Brady and they said no. And Tom Brady this season with the Bucks said F you. And he performed. He balled out. And there's no way that you can de- deny that he had a good year. Did he have an MVP season? I mean, he's not going to get any votes. But, I mean, if you look at it for an age 43-year-old quarterback, then you can kind of see, you know, where he kind of really performed and, you know, deserves a lot of credit for being in a new system, new offense, new team, new teammates, new players. Um, I mean, he did have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to play with. Um, they brought in Fournette. They brought back Gronk, who was a shell of himself early in the season, but really turned it on the second half. They even brought back Antonio Brown. I mean, you know, Brown and Brady down in Tampa Bay, you had that in New England for a damn week. But, you know, we know kind of how that went. But I think Tom Brady's 2020 season with the Bucks was very, very good with everything considered. And um, like I said, he had his ups and down games, but so doesn't everyone else. You know, Wilson, Mahomes, they all do. Rodgers even. So I'm really looking forward to the Bucs um, playing the Saints this weekend. Um, I'm rooting for the Bucs. I've been rooting for Brady all year because, you know, I love Tom Brady. He brought me a lot of joy and happiness winning six Super Bowl rings and keeping the Patriots competitive. And, you know, Brady, you know, makes noise in the playoffs, maybe gets to the Super Bowl then I think the conversation of is it was Bill the reason why or was Brady the reason why we had a 20-year dynasty and I'm gonna say Brady I was always team 50-50 because I thought Belichick was a great coach and yes he is but I don't know before Brady came to town he wasn't that good of a coach and now that Brady's out of town you can kind of see he's not that good of a coach and Brady's not New England anymore and he's balling out performing like a top 10 quarterback so that's where I stand on that. Like I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. If you're watching on YouTube, please comment down below. If you're watching on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon, definitely shoot me a, uh, a DM, a tweet, you know, tweet at me, whatever, just so I can hear your thoughts about it. Maybe you think, you know, Tom Brady sucks and that he shouldn't be on the team anymore. And, you know, a lot of people think that. A lot of people hate Brady for leaving the Patriots, and rightfully so. I mean, but you got to dig deeper and look into the facts that... Was it his fault for, you know, being pushed out of town? Which it kind of felt like he was pushed out. But either way, he's with the Bucks now, and he had a terrific season. And hopefully we can see him make a playoff run, but he has a tough competitor in the Saints and Drew Brees. 
coming up this weekend, that's going to be an awesome game to watch. So we'll see how it plays out. Do I expect him to win? I don't think I expect him to win, but he absolutely can win. And he can totally make some noise in the playoffs. So I'm rooting for him. I hope people are too up here in New England, but I know the Bucks, uh, you know, Tampa Bay are having def- definitely having fun with him being a competitive team for the first time and like since they won the Super Bowl back in like 2003 or whatever. So that is that topic, and we're going to put that to the side, and let's grab the other one. Ah, the box full of topics. What is it going to bring me? What is it going to bring us? Let's find out. All right, here we go. What are we hoping for? Let's see. We talked Celtics. We talked Patriots. I'm really hoping that's a Bruins topic because, I mean, like I said, they played last night. Maybe I'll touch up on that if this isn't it. (laughs) Will Trevor Lawrence save the Jags? Uh, I don't know. They just signed Urban uh, Urban Meyer as their coach. And um, I know college coaches, you know, either hit and miss – transitioning to the NFL and I think Urban Meyer did a really good job with Ohio State during his time there so I think the Jags are going to be in a lot better position next year with Trevor Lawrence obviously but uh, Minshew Mania man I mean I don't want to see it go I want him to go to a team and ball out like Minshew Mania is fun it's just it's a swagger the jorts and the stash that's just a way of life Minshew Mania is a way of life but looking at Trevor Lawrence, he's definitely going to make them a lot better. Can he make them competitive short term? Probably not. I think it's going to be a huge growing process that's going to take a couple years. I mean, they got some nice pieces down there, and they're going to have Lawrence. They got J. Rob, um, Vishka, they got um, Chark. So they have some pieces, some weapons. They just need some depth and some veteran experience which a lot of teams do a lot of teams are young but you can't forget about the veterans where you kind of bring in players who have been through the trenches and been through the storm and that you can just really kind of feed off of if you're a younger player and I think bringing in a veteran backup quarterback for Lawrence to pick the brain from will be very beneficial like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type player like an Alex Smith type player to to just really feed off of you know have questions about mid-game in the quarterback meeting because obviously Trevor Lawrence isn't gonna you know sit he's gonna start his first game like Burrow did in Cincy um Tua down in Miami was able to pick off Fitzpatrick um and it's not it's too early to judge Tua but just like you know he was able to sit for a little bit and you know just kind of see how things go let the game slow down and he can catch up to it and I think that's what Trevor Lawrence needs down in Jacksonville if he gets that, then I'm definitely going to change my opinion on the Jacks for the 2021 season. But for the 2021 season, as of now, if they don't, I think they're going to be probably like a four-win team, five-win team, tops. I mean, they got to make some major moves in the offseason. And I don't know. You see the Bucks last year. They sucked. They were able to bring in a bunch of you know, star players. Now they're making noise down in Florida, you know, Jacksonville's down there too. You get a couple pieces. I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of fantasizing right now. But I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be excellent for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I know the Bengals showed some signs of life with Burrow, even though they kind of sucked. Well, actually, they did suck, let's be honest. I think something like that where you suck, but you show a lot of promise. You're competitive. You can put up numbers. You can hang and tang with um, high-scoring teams for a little bit. But it's ultimately going to come down to if you can execute and if you can 
make the plays. Trevor Lawrence can absolutely make the plays, but he can't do it by himself. He needs weapons. He needs uh, O-line. And on the other side of the ball, that defense is going to have to step up. I know they've traded and dealt a ton of players from that defense that was so, so good a couple years ago. But um, the Jacksonville Jaguars definitely have a battle and a mountain to climb. And starting with Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to be the way to start. Because, like I mentioned with the Patriots, you need a quarterback. It all starts with the signal caller, the the um, the field general, and that's all the quarterback. And the way that Trevor Lawrence played in at Clemson, it shows he's got it. And I mentioned this in the previous episode that you know he's a surefire number one quarterback who looks like he's got it. And uh, once in a lifetime generational talent, like I mentioned before, he's getting comps in terms of talent and NFL readiness that. Andrew Luck got when he was coming out, Peyton Manning when he was coming out, and I think that you know Trevor Lawrence can be that guy, and it's going to be super fun to watch Lawrence play, Tua play, Burrow play, um, Fields play when he wherever he goes, and hopefully the Patriots can have a young studded quarterback too. And you know the quarterback topic is a you know another topic that I might pull from the the bucket, but um. You know, they could also trade for uh, a veteran too, like a Stafford or a Ryan that's trying to prove something. But I would love to see the Patriots on the young quarterback carousel. I think it's a um, it's a young quarterback's league where you got to be able to throw the ball and run the ball. Trevor Lawrence can absolutely do both of those. So I'm super excited to watch him play. I definitely want to collect his rookie cards and just really kind of get behind the Trevor Lawrence train because I think he's got it. And I think in time... He's going to be able to save the Jacksonville Jaguars. Short term, though, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to depend on what kind of moves the team makes during the offseason, who else they draft. But I think tar- starting with Trevor Lawrence is definitely the way to go, especially when you got J-Rob, Vishka, DJ Chark, and them boys down there. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, they're going to suck next year. Four or five wins tops is kind of what I'm expecting. Kind of like how the Bengals played this year. Um, I know I made that comp earlier. But that's kind of what I'm expecting. And that year two jump is going to be the one for them. If they're going to make a jump, it will be year two. So let me know what you think about anything that I talked about in this episode. Going from the Mac Jones, Devontae Adams dispute, the James Harden trade to Brooklyn... Tom Brady's box season, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. All these were great topics to discuss, and hopefully I get to hear your thoughts, whether it's in the comments section down below on YouTube, or if you reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, however you can find me, I'm there. And like I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts and reactions and kind of just bring them up, and maybe I got to defend a take I had. Who knows? Or maybe you agree with me. Maybe you just say that, like, hey, yo, James your takes suck and here's why and i'd like to hear why so thank you so much for listening and i'm going to catch you in the next one
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.